doesn't like the feel of the carpet between his toes. Actually, you know, I'm usually barefoot, but today I'm wearing socks. Is it is it a little chillier? I, I stepped in like a, a puddle, like like you know, you ever spill water and not notice? And then I was like, oh man, I don't want to be I want to be barefoot, so I put socks on. Usually, see, I'm the opposite. I cannot stand having wet socks, uh, so I won't do it. Well, that that's a, no, that's exactly it. It makes me more mindful of like puddles. <laughs> Those those bedroom puddles that are around. <laughs> oh my gosh! Goodness. Well, puddles. Puddles. Howdy, de- howdy, duty. <laughs> howdy, duty. Yeah, howdy, duty. Oh, you guys, welcome to the Thirteenth Floor Podcast. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And we're here talking about today. We're talking about the JFK assassination, aren't we? Yep. <sighs> well, this is this subject was sent in by. Jeremy. So, Jeremy, thank you for submitting this topic. You guys, how have you been lately? Uh, pretty good. I saw a snake today. He did. And we said hello. <laughs> and we let him go on his merry way. Nice. Um, that's about it. Uh, that's about as eventful as it's gotten. If I remember right, there's more snakes in Georgia than any other state. Oh, that, thanks. Why? Why? Uh, thanks, Jeremy. don't know. They just are. <laughs> No, I mean, why'd you have to tell me that? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot you're ophiophobe. Not a fan of snakes. Yep. But, but you did come out and see the one today. It, of course, was, it was way closer than you thought it was going to be. It was. Outside. I thought that it was going to be like not right in front of the door. And mm. then it was right in front of the door. Anyways, um, our daughter spilled water all over herself to try and get, get us to go upstairs mm. and change her sheets. And yeah, and we heard her. I, I heard her planning on her monitor. She... Yeah. She's sitting up there. She goes, I'm going to talk to him. And then she goes, I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> going to get out of here. Yeah. I didn't realize she was pouring water on herself to get herself. Yeah. Brought it's like a jailbreak <laughs> plan. Dang. Yeah. yeah. That's what it felt like. Legit. Anyways. <laughs> What's our icebreaker today? Um, if you If you were in a circus, what type of act would you be? <laughs> In the circus. What? Um, uh, I, I would be, I would want to do the, not the trapeze. The trapeze is the one you walk across, right? That's kind of boring. I want to do the one where you do flips, the bars. I think flips with the bars? That's yeah. a trapeze artist. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah tightrope tight is the tight one you rope, walk. Yeah. Yeah, I want to do trapeze then. Because uh, I want to sling people long you're distances. Too, the Alex, I have, I'm really sorry to break this to you, but you're too tall to be a trapeze artist. That's not true. I'd be great for catching people. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're <laughs> right. I just may, you just may not be able to send me flying. <laughs> you just, you'd have to stay static on one little bar as it swings, and then you just catch you know other what? people. I'm, I'm going to push back against this. I'm not too tall for it. That was mean. You should have said it. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, James? Uh, lion tamer, hands down. Lion tamer. Yeah. Oh, the next Siegfried and James. Yeah. <laughs> I would be. Uh, I would be the ringleader. I'd be the host of everything. Oh, you just want to like point at stuff and be like, "Here you go, I'm Hugh Jackman." No, I'd be like, "Look at our tall trapeze artist." <laughs> oh, and man. people would be like, "He's not that tall." Yeah. Oh man. Anyways. <laughs> I guess we'll ask everybody on the our Instagram what if you were in the circus, what act would you do? Mm-hmm. That's a weird question, but you know what? It's it's out there. My favorite it. thing that you've done on the Instagram is when I reassigned James to the DMV. 
Yeah, that was oh, a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I got creative with that one. I pulled out my Photoshop skills. <laughs> if you're not following us on Instagram yet, you guys, follow us. We're at 13th Floor Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if uh, if you want to send us any topic submissions, just like, you know, Jeremy, like we're talking about Jeremy's topic today. Uh, oh. If you want to send us a topic, send it to <laughs> us at 13thfloorpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, 13thfloorpodcast.com, and you can feed the vase there. Yeah. Feed the vase. James, did you want to say something before we hop on into our topic today? Uh, you know what? I just wanted to thank everybody for all the kind reviews we've had lately on uh, yes. Apple Podcasts. Like, if like I'm having trouble doing research for an episode or just, you know, in general, any kind of like, you know, bad day kind of thing, like going over those, they have been so kind lately. They just really make my day. It's just wonderful to read them. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been really nice. And I was actually instructed I was told I have to read one. By someone <laughs> oh yes, yes. Let me pull it up really quickly. Oh man, I know which one too. <laughs> Here you go. That was phenomenal. All right. Yeah. I, uh, someone contacted me on Twitter and said I have to read this on the air. <laughs> Conspiracy theories are as American as apple pie, but who could deny how sly they pass by, undetected by the mainstream? The team cooks that scheme to produce show about things no one knows. CC keeps order while Alex Jones is for some checks mixed boulder. <laughs> and James does the same, but in a more inconspicuous way. Their sites are phenomenal, but it's probable. They're all just cyborgs from Nebula Space Hunter M. I will listen again to be sure, but because the Kool-Aid <laughs> they serve is so pure. Wow. Wow. And that was from that was from Michael from the Kaiju Groupie podcast. That's right. It's the and first then, uh, one we've got in meter, but if anybody else wants to take a crack at meter and rum, go for it. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's right. And then we got one other one I was also told to read. It says, best podcast on the globe because the earth isn't flat. That was <laughs> yeah. their words. That was their words, not mine. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. One other thing I just want to say about Michael's review about the one in meter, the, the rhyming one, is mm. we just talked about who we would be in the circus, and I feel like he describes all of us as what we would be like. Chex mix. You're reaching. You're reaching for more Chex mix because oh, you're a trapeze artist. <laughs> <laughs> James is inconspicuously, you know, trying to get the line to do what he wants, and then I'm keeping order. Oh, you guys, it's wow. so perfect. <laughs> There you go. So anyways, thank you, Michael, for submitting that and for everybody for submitting your reviews and ratings because we really love it. You all are the yep. best. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, are we ready to talk about JFK? Yeah. Let's, Heck yeah. I, I couldn't think of something funny to say. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Alex <laughs> is going to start us off today. He is talking about why... I, I'm talking about why there was one shooter, especially JFK's assassination. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Just JFK. Why he was shot by one person. Okay. That, that, what did I say? What did I do wrong? You Whatever said, you said it, it like you had no a stroke. Did I have yeah. a stroke? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, I hope it wasn't that confusing. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Now that I've shamed myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, fo- I focused on the single shooter theory that I think is in regards to conspiracy theories is probably the least believed theory that's let's just be real mine's the right one 
So, my, <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's weird because most events, it's like a minority believe the conspiracy, but this is one where only 33% of the people believe my theory. That <laughs> really? one person did That's it. That's a bit yeah. surprising. Hmm. Yeah. So, I think the whole thing that most people buy into is that uh, this is a big deal, right? A president getting assassinated. It's a huge deal. And, but there's so many weird things about it. I won't go into them because I know you are going to cover some of it. But there are some weird peripheral things. But I'm here to focus on Lee Harvey Oswald, the real killer. <laughs> By himself. Okay, the, the president of <laughs> President John F. Kennedy. And you know, I'm not gonna walk you through the story of what happened because most of us have been through fourth grade. And we know. I did not learn about the assassination <laughs> of JFK in fourth grade. Are you kidding me? Well, they babied you for far too long. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to focus on what really happened. Y'all can waste your time on that other hootin' nanny. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, worried about Alex. Lee, <laughs> I know, right? So, Lee Harvey Oswald killed the president from the former Texas school book depository. Which, uh, I don't know if it was former back then, but... I, <laughs> <laughs> and no one did a grassy knoll shooting. There's nothing weird like that. And an article from History.com got someone involved with physics. Mm-hmm. And he took a look at the Zapruder film, which the Zapruder film is this guy that I believe he worked at a laundromat. And he was filming the the parade as it went by. And he caught... It's, it's the footage that they really use on... It's that everyone's looked at. Everyone's seen Everyone's that. looked at. Like, it's so prolific and widely used that they... <laughs> looking at how people describe looking at the film was hilarious because well on frame 245 this is what happened on 246 suddenly this guy is blurred and it's like it's uh it's wild how people have broken this thing down which you can't blame them it's yeah. an assassination yeah <laughs> but use this to study the events and he's going to say that the warren commission who stated that the gunshot was fired from behind, from the building that I stated earlier, by Lee Harvey Oswald, is the same that this guy verifies. Nicholas Nolly is his name. Senior Research Scientist at IMSG Incorporated. I don't know what that stands for. Hmm. What he does is that he kind of shows me that I know nothing about bullet wounds. Yeah. Or how any of these things happen because... You gotta be an expert. Yeah. It turns out you need to be an expert and things don't work out like they do in the movies. And he created a model of mechanics around the gunshot wound itself, where he says where the bullet came in, and he knows that when it happens in the film, the Zapruder film, JFK's head snaps forward. Yeah. Very briefly, indicating maybe that he got hit from behind. Seems pretty obvious, right? But the thing that's really thrown a lot of people off in some ways is how the back of his, well... We already know this is the JFK assassination. The back of his skull blows open. Mm-hmm. That kind of throws people off. And some people have theorized that he was actually shot from the front. He's shot from the grassy knoll. He's shot from other directions. No. No. Because the impact of the bullet would have created so much kinetic energy as soon as it landed. It would have popped out the back end where the bullet mm-hmm. entered. Because you, if whenever we see a movie, someone gets shot... In the front of the head, and then they're the, the back end, the back. and it goes in the back end. But he's saying using this specific weapon with this specific ammunition, 
from that angle and everything else, when the bullet would enter, it would essentially create like a pocket inside. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then they would have such explosive force. What happened would happen. Yeah, nature abhors a vacuum. That's <laughs> exactly actually. So based on this, and based on how everything works out with Kennedy's snapping of the head, which is really the most important part, because it would not snap forward if it was shot from the front. And right. that's a that's a what a lot of these other theories. I'm not saying neurons in particular. But that's what a lot of these theories seem to indicate is just because the back end blew out doesn't mean that he was shot from the front. And using this model, he says it proves that he w- that at least Kennedy was not assassinated from any other direction but from where the Warren Commission, the commission that was put together to investigate the assassination, said that it came from. He also said that because of the ammunition that was looked at, because some of the theories seem to state that the president got shot by hollow point ammunition or soft point bullets, things that would explain why what happened to him happened. Hmm. He says that that wasn't likely because the bullet fragments that were recovered and all that indicates that there's no way that it could have been a hollow point bullet. Hollow point bullets, and J- James, you can probably correct me on this if I'm wrong, they, sh- they shatter when they enter inside, which is why they're so devastating. No, it's 100% correct. Yeah. And th- this this bullet stayed intact. So yeah. Nolly is Yeah, I mean I can I can say with certainty he was shot by either a 6.5 millimeter uh, full metal jacket round or a 7.35 millimeter full metal jacket round from a Manlicker rifle. Look at you, James. <laughs> no one's stuff. <laughs> so how do they know like why do they think it was Lee Harvey Oswald? Like why is that there the Warren Commission's he's the guy? The reason the Warren Commission thinks it's him is because of a couple of things. I think it's mostly the what happened afterwards. He goes out and he kills that the uh, Tippet, I believe his name was. But they seem to think that it was Lee Harvey because of his actions afterwards. Everything that he did afterwards. All the parties and stuff that he seemed to be associated with. He seemed to be associated with far left-wing communist parties. He's a fan of Fidel Castro. He killed somebody in the middle of the someone else in the middle of the day. So I think is I don't know if he's a sergeant or not. Tippett, the police officer. Oh, the the cop. Yeah. Okay, Tippett was the part yeah. that I was, I was like, oh. sorry, Tippett. Tippett's the cop. Yeah, he and he killed Tippett. So I think the reasoning is kind of maybe what you're having a problem with over there, CC. CC's like, no, they could have switched somebody out. He could have been a patsy, like he claimed he was, but. If I was trying to get off of out of jail after that's what, say. that's what you would say. That's what you'd say. So it seems like the default thing. And so uh Nolly, the physicist, he says that he actually completely supports what the Warren report found, not just in the ballistics, but their overall trajectory and everything seems to indicate exactly what they said. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> he could have been a clone or something that one of these two are going to talk about. A cyborg, See, an The alien. thing is, there's so many routes to go. But I really just wanted to focus on why there was one shooter. One shooter. All right, you guys. Is it my turn? Oh, sure, go for it. All right, chitlins. Gather around. So I'm going to be talking about who really killed the beloved JFK. <laughs> 
per tons of conspiracy theorists. I'm not actually sure if I actually ascribe to this theory, but I'm going to be talking about how the mafia allegedly did JFK in. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Okay. And fun fact about the movie JFK, my dad actually worked on it. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. He was part of the crew, and I actually visited him while he was filming in New Orleans. So I was on the set of JFK. You could have been on the grassy knoll. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he says, my dad said that the movie was 16 weeks of hell to work. But he also got to meet a ton of great actors. And he said that Joe Pesci and Kevin Bacon were great. And hmm. a lot of things happen on set that stay secret. It's kind of like what happens on set stays on set. Oh, but, how, how sultry. Yeah, I know. The general, his name is his name in the movie is X. And he's played by Donald Sutherland. Mm. Yeah, the guy who actually, mm-hmm. like, who X was based on came to set. And my dad said that he told them some things about the assassination of JFK and some other paranormal subjects. And some there's some odd things that I unfortunately cannot share, but... You cannot divulge due to classified... Classified details. And also, I have no evidence that anything this guy said was true, so I'm not going to put it out there and say it is. But let's talk about the mob, you guys. It's the angle that I've been assigned by. Sir James. <laughs> yeah. James was like, talk about the mafia, Cece. And I was like, okay, boss. Sir James, Sir James. <laughs> Get it, like Sir Hunt, Sir uh, uh, Hunt. James, it's, listen, that's not classy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. A lot of info I got were from articles about an investigative journalist named Seymour Hirsch. And he wrote a book about JFK called The Dark Side of Camelot. He's interviewed a ton of people, some of which talked about mafia ties to the family. And scholars and historians, a lot of them actually dispute that the mob had anything to do with the assassination, but the theory is still floating around, which is why we're talking about it right now. But my sources are the Los Angeles Times, allthatsinteresting.com, and biography.com. So the mob, according to Hirsch, can allegedly be tied to JFK's family before he was even in office. They're said to have actually helped him get elected per the insistence of John's dad, Joseph P. Kennedy Sr. Mm. So JFK's daddy-o was said to have met up with a guy named Sam Giancana, and he's a mob boss in Chicago. And Kennedy Sr. was like, can we possibly use these local labor unions to our benefit? And according to Tina Sinatra, Frank Sinatra's daughter, Frank Sinatra put in a good word for JFK to Giancana because Frank Sinatra and Giancana were like buddies. So Sinatra was like, he's a good kid. Help him get elected. And then Giancana (laughs) was like, okay, Sinatra, I'll see what I can do. So he called a meeting with a whole bunch of the mafia bosses, and they had a roundtable in Chicago before the election. And most of them voted to help JFK get elected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, I guess, I don't know how mobs work because I've never been in one, but uh, I guess it's like- <laughs> Do when, your research, Cece. <laughs> when Being they're, a mob. <laughs> <laughs> when they're like, hey, we've got a decision to make, then they vote on it. Is that what they did in Fargo when they were, they all voted? Uh, yeah, I think they had like a round table and like the heads of the houses or whatever voted on stuff. Fargo's mm-hmm. such a good TV show. Anyways, um, it's believed that- the mob may have helped JFK get elected. Oh, yeah. No, through... it's, it's very believed. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's believed that they may have done it because they thought that JFK would help ease FBI investigation into mob activity. It was mm. kind of like a we'll scratch your back if you scratch ours kind of a deal. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
And this guy named Robert Blakey, he was a Justice Department special prosecutor at one point, but he told Hirsch that FBI wiretaps actually confirmed that the mafia helped Kennedy get uh, support in Illinois, which was apparently a very important stake to win in the 1960 election. But the mafia supposedly provided support financially, and they are also said to have stuffed ballot boxes. Mm -hmm. So... Some claim that the election was totally rigged and officials, this is the thing, officials wanted an investigation in the matter because they're like, you guys, there's a voter fraud, you know? And you guys guess what? <laughs> no investigation? Uh, well, Robert Kennedy, JFK's younger brother, was head of the Justice Department at the time. So do you think that they would have gotten a fair investigation? Uh-uh. Nah, bro. No way. So you might be thinking, listener, dear listener- but, Cece, if the mafia got JFK elected, why would they assassinate him just three years after he took office? Well, let <laughs> me tell you. After JFK got settled into the Oval Office, he actually appointed his brother Robert, a.k.a. Bobby, as Attorney General. And people criticized the move uh, because Robert really didn't have much experience in any state or federal court. So it's like why, you know, I mean, obviously, you know why he's there. His brother's president. But apparently JFK didn't even want to put his brother in that position. Ooh. But JFK's dad was like, hey, I helped get you elected. You're going to put your brother in that seat. His dad was like, give your brother a job. So Bobby got the job and he ended up actually being one of JFK's best advisors. Hmm. And some actually credit him with helping de-escalate the Cuban Missile Crisis, which I won't talk about too mm -hmm. much here. I'll talk about a little bit because there's a little tie with the mob. But anyways... When Bobby laid out his plan as attorney general at the top of his to-do list, you guys, he wanted to crack down on organized crime. Mm. And he specifically yep. called out mob boss Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> Yo, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, come over here. But <laughs> <laughs> Robert, uh, Robert even called Hoffa the second most influential man in America, outranked only by the president himself. So he really had it out for him. Yeah. And a lot of people think that Hoffa then had a big hand in JFK's demise. He had been elected leader of the Teamsters Union in 57, and the mob had really infiltrated labor unions. Like, they basically controlled most of commercial trucking in the U.S. Huh. But but the mob would extort businesses with threats of, like, worker strikes, and they would steal from pension funds and stuff like that. And they also had their hand on several casinos in Cuba. Hmm. Yeah, you know, hmm. Cuba. And when JFK tried to overthrow Fidel Castro, many of those casinos had to close. So the mafia was not pleased because they were trying to kind of build up this tourist destination in Cuba to kind of create a hmm. kind of like a situation that would rival Las Vegas. Interesting. Yeah. So they were not hmm. pleased when all of those casinos closed. And some therefore say that Hoffa and his mafia buddies decided to kill Kennedy as revenge. Mm. And Robert Kennedy actually expressed to several people after his brother was killed that he felt like he was the reason his brother was assassinated by pursuing the mob. Uh. Yeah, and he apparently thought that if they would go after anyone, it would have been himself, not his brother. So I imagine he probably felt immense guilt. But yeah, well, they ultimately yeah. did. So interesting. Yeah, it's funny. You know, the three big players in your story, CC, are JFK, RFK, and Jimmy Hoffa. And what do they all have in common? Mysterious deaths. <laughs> it's true. So, yeah. It's true. There's and there's well, I'll talk about a little bit more about Bobby in a minute, but another book mm -hmm. that came out in nineteen ninety four by Frank Regano, 
he had he was a lawyer who represented Hoff at one point, and he wrote his book is called Mob Lawyer. I like that name for a book. <laughs> but uh, he said that Hoffa asked two other mob bosses, Santos Traficante, who operated mainly in Florida and Cuba, and Carlos Marcelo of New Orleans to plot JFK's assassination. And when Traficante died, which, by the way, that is a fun last name to say, mm-hmm. Traficante. <laughs> it sounds like he traffics things. Well, he, on his deathbed, mm. on his deathbed, he allegedly confessed to playing some part in the murder. But it also said that he regretted not going after Robert. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. one of the last little notes on supposed mob involvement in the assassination of JFK has to do with a guy named Frank Sharon. If you've seen Martin Scorsese's movie, The Irishman, it's actually about Sharon's life. It's based off a book by investigator Charles Brandt called I Heard You Paint Houses. Mm-hmm. I love the name for that, that book. It's interesting. Yeah, it sounds like a beautiful rom-com. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't mention they don't mention this in the movie, but in the book, it's alleged that Sharon claimed to have delivered three rifles to Dallas, the same type used to kill JFK, just cool. days before the assassination. And Sharon had connections to the Buffalino crime family as well as Hoffa. So who knows, you guys? Did the mafia do it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it, I believe that they rigged the election for JFK. I totally get by that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, JFK Senior, man, he was he was one of those uh, big time uh, bootleggers back in. That's how the, the Kennedy fortune got made was uh, prohibition booze running. Yeah, I, but I I don't know if I don't know if the mob would want to bring the heat of assassinating a president. I don't on think themselves. the mob gives a crap about anything. They're like, mm. yeah, you think so? Well, I mean, there's a lot of darkness surrounding this family. The Warren Commission says no, the mob had no ties, but the Warren Commission was also pretty flawed in certain Mm. aspects. But apparently Robert Kennedy said he thought the findings were true in public, but behind doors he was like, I don't know, you guys. Mm. I don't know. And keep in mind that Robert Kennedy was assassinated too in 1968 Mm. by Sharon Sharon, whom uh, we've actually mentioned on the show in a previous episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it was hypnosis, maybe. I can't remember. But there's a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding his murder, too. Mm. Yeah, a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding the entire family. It's nuts, you guys. Anyways, some investigators don't believe the mob was involved at all, at least not in any organized way. But they do say that doesn't mean that it's not possible that a few individual members of the mafia may have had a part in everything. Mm. So who Interesting. the heck no, I think the latter is more plausible to me. Just like individual members, that way the the whole family doesn't fall. Yeah, well, they didn't fall. They didn't. <laughs> James, Sir James, it's your <laughs> turn. What are you, you going to tell us about uh, today? I'm talking about another organization, the CIA. Ooh. So, <laughs> yeah. Now. One interesting thing about uh, the assassination just over the past few years is that Trump, over the past two years or so, has really been declassifying a lot of JFK-related material, uh, including, and one of my sources today is, that that gives evidence that they did it, is from CIA.gov. <laughs> because of, of some of the declassified materials. Um, and also, there's going to be more documents being released uh, in October 26th of next year. So maybe we'll have a follow-up uh, around then. But uh, yeah, the 
the issue with well, let let's start by by thinking of what you need to accuse someone of doing something. You need a motive, you need uh, plausibility, and uh, then you need evidence. So let's start with a motive. We do know that the CIA during the period uh, just prior to Kennedy being assassinated were trying to assassinate Fidel Castro. That's mm-hmm. not up for debate. They had been trying to for quite some time. Um, and we, as we already do know, Oswald was, uh, was all about a Soviet-backed Cuba. So it's kind of interesting that here's somebody who would actually have benefited Oswald as a Marxist, oddly enough, from the assassination of Fidel Castro, because if he had been killed, that would have necessitated Khrushchev to say, oh, whoa, 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 we're taking it over from here. Probably would have led to World War III, really, yeah. if something like that had happened. And prior to the, the, many of their attempts, Kennedy had actually made a speech that referenced a lot of shadowy figures and uh, groups of people that were anti-democratic that he intended on cutting down on. And there's been all sorts of arguments as to who he was referencing to. A lot of people think he was referencing the uh, mafia, but other people think he was actually referring to the CIA. Hmm. So here are some things we also know regarding um, the CIA. And that is, and this is straight from the horse's mouth. Remember how I was talking about the bullets in question? Mm -hmm. Well, a contractor for the CIA claims that he unknowingly he had heard you know at work you know around the water cooler little references to yeah kennedy he's really a thorn in our side about all this castro business we're gonna have to do him in but he just sort of took it as you know water cooler talk you know not something that they would actually go through with Mm -hmm. well sometime later he was contracted to purchase some custom-made rifles now the base for these rifles was a 7.35 7.35 millimeter Manlicker rifle. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but they also had been augmented with enough modifications to where they were cosmetically different from just your standard, like off the mill uh, Manlicker. So, fast forward after the assassination, and he sees the rifle that he purchased, one of them, on TV. So he comes forward with this and spills his guts about it. That's really all we've got from that particular document. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And one of the arguments about it, this was this is also straight from the horse's mouth. This is a CIA spokesman. There is no record that Robert D. Morrow, that's the man in question, was ever a contract agent of the Central Intelligence. Uh, why did I say it like that? Of the Central Intelligence. Central Intelligence. Yeah, of Central Intelligence <laughs> Agency. Of the Central Intelligence Agency. But uh, Morrow claimed that the agency was using a linguistic trick to avoid naming him because, as I mentioned before, he wasn't an agent. He was a contractor. Mm. So, yeah. Now let's look at some other motivations. So, again, is that the only reason? Like, JFK was cutting down on them because he didn't want them to just straight up kill Fidel Mm. and start, you know, a huge conflict? Well, there's another potential argument. You see, after Kennedy was assassinated, who ends up taking the reins of the United States? Lyndon Johnson. And who is Lyndon Johnson married to? Lady Bird Johnson. And Lady Bird Johnson was a key stockholder in Bell Helicopter, made millions and millions of dollars off of Vietnam, a war that Kennedy was talking about getting us out of Hmm. when Lyndon got in office afterwards he really 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 did not want to pull us out and 
kept going to a point where a journalist actually asked him, why are we there? At which point he pulled his Wang Chung out right in front of a bunch of journalists, <laughs> waggled it at them and what? said, this is why. Ooh. Yeah, no, this really happened. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, yeah. People talk about how uh, presidents aren't presidential nowadays, but that really happened. Oh my gosh. No. Lyndon Johnson did this. Lyndon Johnson, after JFK was assassinated, he was very, very... Like, get me sworn in as soon as possible. Yep. Yeah. He was champing at the bit. Yep. And again, he, the, he, he and Lady Bird made a lot of money off of prolonging the Vietnam conflict, something that JFK, at least theoretically, was trying to get us out of. So that, in other words, where I'm going with this, not only did Lyndon Johnson get to be president, which was very unlikely uh, for him in, in just a normal election at that point, you know, like if J- JFK had just gone through the natural process of being president and then being, you know, not reelected because he was probably, he, let's face facts, he would have been a, a two-term president. Yeah. Hmm. So instead, he, he stood to make millions off of his assassination. Another connection that the CIA has with, uh, you know, this particular instance is there is a very notable CIA agent in Dallas the day that Kennedy was shot. And that CIA agent was actually made director not long after. In fact, he was so good at being CIA director that not long after that, he actually became the running mate of Ronald Reagan. And it worked out for him because then he became vice president and then president. That man was George H.W. Bush. Hmm. So it's conceivable. I don't have any hard evidence for it, but it's conceivable that the reason why he was made CIA director and got so many dang promotions all the way up to the White House is because he actually had a hand in the assassination itself. Oof. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, fun other fact, um, this has nothing to do with JFK itself, but when Ronald Reagan was almost assassinated by that fellow who'd watched Taxi Driver too many times, um, that guy a few days prior had actually had dinner with the Bushes and was a family friend of George H.W. So he was pals with the guy who tried to kill Reagan, and as such, he would have been president after oh that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there is some shady stuff. Well, here's another shady one, and I'm, I'm sorry to get all, too off topic, but we'll probably won't have an opportunity to discuss this. But speaking of George H.W., uh, his wife is the daughter, presumably, of Aleister Crowley, the wizard that we are you, have to do an episode about. Are you serious? About. Yeah, dead serious. If you look at two photos of uh, Aleister Crowley and Barbara Bush – they are remarkably similar. Oh if you gosh. look at a photo of her and her biological, presumably, father, you know, Mr. W- uh, I can't think of her her maiden name. Uh, they do not look anything alike. And her mom hung out with Crowley in, I can't remember if it was Italy or France, during the period at which she was conceived, making it very plausible. Oh, my gosh. Yep. They do so, look very the, similar. Yeah, the world's wickedest man, the beast himself. Oh my goodness, James! So you're bringing up a lot yep. of things today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought this would be a good time to bring that up, you know, <laughs> just because there's so many connections, connections within connections. That being said, I think it's very plausible that this is my own personal theory. I think that the CIA absolutely had a hand in the JFK assassination. I think there were. It was a question of politics and money because they they stood to lose a great deal of money otherwise. But I also think that the mafia had so many interests, vested interests in things that Kennedy was going after, both JFK and RFK, that they also played a role. So I don't think this was a question of a single organization 
benefiting from him being killed. I think this is one of those cases where um, war makes for strange bedfellows. And this was sort of like a a cold civil war that was going on. And I absolutely think that the mafia and the CIA joined forces to carry this out. And that's why they weren't worried about blowback, because that's just too many odd individuals who are not connected Hmm. taking part in it. Interesting. Mm. Hmm. Well, I have no idea what I believe. There's just so many theories floating around. Mm. I I don't know. Oh, uh, there's a lot. Yeah. And there, I mean, there's a lot of like, I could see that. I could see that. Like the mob yeah. makes sense. The CIA makes sense. Other people yeah. make sense. I think we should do another episode on JFK. Oh, there's we'll, so many theories. We'll definitely do another yeah. episode on JFK. JFK too. There are so many TV shows out there. Like if. TV shows. Yeah, if if what's it called? Um, the History Channel can make ten different types of TV shows about this. We can surely. Do the uh, oh, episode. I got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got you. Anyways, yeah. cool, you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So since JFK's head snapped forward, mine is right. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is convinced. All right, you guys, is it time? Is it time to draw from Bob? Uh, yes. All right. Today, open it up, Alex. What are we talking about? We're pulling. We are covering mystery spots. And this was a topic submitted to us by Kane in Saskatchewan. Oh. Yeah. That sounds fun. I'm, I wanted to learn what a mystery spot is. It's, I, you know, I looked him up when he submitted I'm this. thinking of Gravity Falls. <laughs> They're actually pretty cool. So we'll talk about mystery spots. Kane, thank you for sending Thanks, that topic into us. And yeah. look, we look forward to recording our next episode. All right, you guys. Do you have anything you want to say before we before I go eat a chocolate-covered strawberry? Oh, look at you. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go eat some Sour Patch Kids. Ew. James, what about you? What are you going to go eat? <laughs> Popcorn. Popcorn. Ah, I had some Darn last you, night. James, for being so healthy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet you don't slather it in butter or anything. <laughs> I bet you he's going to put butter, a little bit of truffle oil. Truffle oil? And then some, some sea salt. I'm just going to eat out of the bag, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Oh, man. Alex, who does our music? Uh, music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. Well, until next time, you guys, we hope that you can keep, keep it strange. strange.